You know, there are times um, that Christians lack in confidence. Uh, there are times when, uh, when there seems to be a lack of consistency and we just need uh, reminders, consistent reminders of the goodness of God and the good plans that He has for our life. You are a business person. You're a business owner. Maybe, uh, maybe you're a farmer or an independent investor. You work for a company and, and, and you've accepted Jesus. And most days, you, you, most Sundays, you, you find yourself here. Somehow, some way, you, you find yourself here. And something in you even internally wants to be shaped by, by what you hear, by what you see, by the community that surrounds you. And yet in your business, in your investing, in your time, in your work, you find that there are those who, who seem to be getting ahead by doing things that are less than ethical. That their bottom line is their bottom line and, 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 and their line is not necessarily an ethical line and, and what you see in their life is that they get ahead and you fall behind. Their fiscal line is better than yours. You walk out to that car that you've always walked out to that's got rust growing on the wheel wells. It's got a list of repairs that, that you can't begin to afford. And yet those people that are in business with you, you recognize that the decisions that they're making is allowing them uh, to buy the new car and the new house. And, and you keep working harder and yet falling further behind. And you begin to question, maybe I should make a different decision. Maybe what I ought to do is, is, is make that same kind of decision that they're making. I mean, uh, what's going to happen to me? If I make this decision, uh, surely there's not going to be any Jesus police there to arrest me. And the wife will be pretty happy when I come home and there's a little extra money in the checking account. And not only is it that you've begun to question whether it's okay to make these kinds of decisions that would allow you a little extra, but you've begun even to question this whole church thing, this whole relationship with Jesus. Is it worth it? Can I continue it? You're a mom. You're a wife. You're a grandma. Ten years ago, when you came to church, your husband came with you. And it was fun. And everything seemed to be going really well. And then, and then life got busy. So unfortunate decisions were made and and now, today, you find yourself, ten years later, and you're coming by yourself. And it's not fun anymore. You got up, maybe you got up this morning, and, and, and you fought to be here this morning. Your husband didn't even want you to come to services this morning. 
Your kids don't want you to leave the house. You, you want to bring them with you, but, uh, but the consequence of your husband not being here is that they don't want to be here either. And you're thinking, this is hard. Is there really so much for me here in this community that I want to be here, that I want to fight this fight? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, my life would just be happier if I forgot the whole Jesus thing altogether. You came this morning and you're single. And you're lonely. And you recognize what so many single people have recognized, that that too often you feel like the third wheel. Too often you feel the the brunt of loneliness and, and you just simply don't want it anymore. You recognize that, uh, that in this life there are people who, who, who are cohabitating with others and, and saying, well, you know, it's just how it is. You're a grown adult. This is the 21st century after all. Come on. Come out of the dark ages. And yet you, you have committed yourself to, to sexual purity and you have said, no, no, this is who I am as a Christian. And yet the constant beatings come to you day after day after day and, and you're tired. And you've even begun to question the kind of confidence that you can have to carry you through this, this kind of ordeal. And you've just simply begun to say, I, I'm not sure that the walking with Jesus is all it's cracked up to be. Maybe I should just join some others. I don't like involuntary singleness anymore. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a teenager and you live in this constant state of existence where every day may be an, a cry for a new identity. You see, one of the things that you value most is you want to be popular. You want to be liked. You want other people to notice what it is that you do. And you went to camp one summer, and, and you went to CIY, and you came down front, and you said, I am going to commit my life to Jesus. And it sounded great then, and, and the confidence grew as you, as you began in this community. And then, then, and then you went back to school, and you began hanging out with your friends, and, and you recognize in your friends the things that they want you to do and join them in. And remember, all of this, you want to be popular, you want to be well-liked. You see, they, they want you to engage sexually with other people, because they are. And if they haven't had sex yet, then, then what they're already experimenting with is sexually explicit text messages. They're, they're trying to trick their parents, Netflix and chill, you know. And you've begun to ask the question, maybe, maybe I should jettison this whole faith thing, this whole Christian church thing, this whole community thing. Maybe I should get rid of it and go on somewhere else. Is it really worth it? In the face of this kind of tension, How is it that you and I plan to reignite our confidence in God and His good plans for us? What's our plan in a culture 
that comes knocking with false teaching on on every doorstep? Uh, How is it that we plan to reignite a confidence in our Savior that He has good things for us? How will we reignite a confidence that coming to church is worth it, that staying sexually pure is worth it, that making the right ethical kinds of decisions is really worth it? In this text, in in 2 Peter this morning, I want us to see how remembering the goodness of God and the good plans that He has for you uh, leads to our being reignited in confidence and it focuses our role with Him in the lives that we're supposed to be living. I want us to see how being reminded of the goodness of God and and recalling what it is that He has in store for us, the, the good plans that He has for us, How recalling those good things reinvigorates our confidence and it motivates our task. This morning, I want to introduce you to a group of Christians who have been struggling with the sorts of things that you and I are struggling with on a daily basis. The things that we struggle with. You see, these Christians are, are Christians who are undergoing levels of persecution, uh, by an emperor named Nero. And their struggle is not so unlike yours. There's no shortage of of cultural voices that are false coming to their doorsteps, surrounding them and encouraging them to depart their their commitment to Jesus, uh, to, to go away from the way of life that Jesus has called them to who are leading them to question every bit of confidence they have in Jesus and the good plans that He has for their life. This morning, we're going to get into a series in 2 Peter. We're calling it Tough Enough because, uh, gang, there, there is a reality that we have to face. There are, there are those that would, would have us jettison our relationship with Jesus, that would have us questioning the confidence that we have in God and His good plans for our life. And quite frankly, we need to be tough enough. We need to be tough enough to to handle the kinds of things that happen in our everyday world that would cause us to say, I I don't want to do it anymore. So how is it? How is it that we reignite our our confidence in in God and His good plans for our life? I'm going to suggest this morning that we remember who it is that, that God is and His good plans for us. In 2 Peter chapter 1, we're going to observe that Jesus in all of His great power provides exactly what it is needed for people to be confident in Him and His good plans for us. That Jesus has the ability, He has the ability to deliver the goods and, and helping us reignite our confidence in Him and the plans He has for us. Now join me in 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to begin in verse 3. you're following along in a pew Bible, it's page 853, by the way, 853. Verse 3, His divine power has given us everything. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Reignite your confidence in Jesus and the good plans that He has for you by remembering that He provides everything that you need to live 
a godly life. He's the one who provides everything you need to live a godly life. Now, in, in 2 Peter, there, there are all sorts of virtues. There are important ingredients that, that, that Peter begins to lay out. Now, there's all sorts of ingredients here, and, and I don't have time to go through all of them, so let me just give you a few. One of the virtues that, that Peter talks about in this particular book over and over again uh, is the, the virtue of knowledge. It shows up over and over again, especially in this first chapter. In verse 2, in verse 3, in verse 8, over and over again, he, he mentions this knowledge. Through knowledge, he says. Uh, join me at the end of verse 3. He writes this. He's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Now notice this. Through our knowledge of Him who called us by His glory and goodness. Through knowledge. It's just this calling back to, to that which we initially accepted. It's calling us back to the beginning. When he's talking about knowledge here, he's talking about this elementary understanding of who God is and what He's done and therefore, each of us who have accepted Jesus, a moment, a, a process, a time when Jesus was God, and we realized something was going on, and we had confidence in Him and in His plan for us. If you've accepted Jesus, you did. You came back to that moment of knowledge when you recognized that Jesus was God, and you said, yeah, this is what it's all about. And you placed your life in His hand. If you want reignited confidence, go back to your roots. Uh, go back to that early knowledge of Jesus where you said, uh, this is who Jesus is and, and what Jesus does. And I can, I can trust Him. I can have confidence in Him, His good plans for me. And just see, if you go back to those roots, if your confidence isn't reignited. You see, knowledge reignites our confidence in God and His good plans for us. Uh, knowledge provides for you a reminder also of the realities to come. It's not only what was there at the beginning, it's also what comes at the end. Uh, he, with this knowledge, he, he wants us to look to the future. Uh, to look at the future, to notice that sometimes the future reignites our confidence in who God is. Uh, look with me at verses 10 and 11, the very end of verse 10. He says this, For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In verse 10 and 11, Peter's just reminding us of the importance to look to the end. When, when we remain confident in Him and in the good things He has for us, uh, we get red carpet treatment. How many of you want red carpet treatment when you get to heaven? He's reminding us that, that there is for us a star on heaven's walk of fame. There is for us, when we get to heaven, we get to shake hands, not with the President of the United States, but with the Creator of the universe. If you want a reignited confidence, think about the end. Take your life to the, its very logical conclusion. Take all of your doubts and all of your fears and all of your frustrations, all of your questions, and carry them forward and see if God's plans for you are 
are, are mapped all the way to the end. See if your confidence isn't raised as you recognize what God has in store for you in the end. Your confidence in, his, in God and your good, His good plans for you. Hopefully it's growing. I hope as I'm speaking that your confidence is growing moment by moment. I hope that you're, 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 you're beginning to see that, that God desires something for you, that He has uh, confidence in you and what you can do. And I want you to see the kinds of results that await those who hold on God's promises. I, I want you to see the kind of confidence that, uh, that you, can re, you can begin to, to experience when you recall the end the results of those who, who are reigniting now about their confidence in who God is and His, plan, their, His plans on your life. Uh, join me in verse 4. Verse 4 reads like this. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature this is an incredible promise. Now, the content of the, these promises is not near as important as the results of the promises. Uh, the promises themselves are, are likely assurances that Jesus is coming back again. Uh, that He did come and He's, he's coming back. Uh, the promises are, are things like, hey, if you live a godly life, then there's going to be good results that follow. Uh, it's not going to return empty. But the text concentrates not on what the promises are, but on the results of the promises. Did you notice what he says in, in verse 4? He says, he's given us this great and precious promises. Why? So that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Now what does that mean? What in the world does it mean to participate in the divine nature? Now, let me tell you that it's not some pie-in-the-sky mysticism. It's not a weird spirituality where we all drink Kool-Aid, okay? It's not, it's not a, a weird mysticism where or somehow we end up ruling our own planets once we die. That's not what Peter's talking about. What he is saying is that this is the everyday godly living that begins to shape heaven in us now as we wait for heaven to be fully shaped in us later. We get to experience what we will experience later now. And we're waiting in anticipation. Reignite your confidence in God and the good plans He has for you by remembering that He provides all that you need for a godly life. When you recall that God's Word is His bond, your confidence level goes up. You recognize that He's not lying to you. As we look into this text... As we look further into this text, I just want you to have a confidence. I want your confidence to be reignited when we remember to do our part. God said He's done His part. He's provided everything that we need. He's given you this knowledge. He's given you some promises. He's pointed you to the end. And now we have to play our part. We need to play our role. We need to fulfill our function. Uh, the fact of the matter is, you reignite your confidence in God and His good plans for you when you remember to live out godly lives. Reignite your confidence in God and His good plans for you by, by simply remembering that you are to live godly lives. 
Now, there's only two imperative commands all in all of chapter 1. Two things that he comes forward with and says, hey, uh, if you pay attention to something, I want you to pay attention to this. In verse 5, he reignites our confidence in this way. Uh, notice verse 5. He says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to God godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. Now, uh, skip down with me to, to verse 10. He says, make every effort in verse 5. Notice what he says in verse 10. He says, my brothers, therefore, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. It's the same word. Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. In other words, be, be, be sure to confirm the good plans God has for you. You see here, what we're being commanded to do is to be intentional, to be deliberate, to be diligent and purposeful and pursue the characteristics of godliness. To live that out. To function in this way. He's saying that, that in our pursuit of reigniting a confidence in God and, and His good plans for our lives, that, that we can't leave any stone unturned. We can't leave any book unread, any project unmanned, any critique unreceived. We have to be willing to live lives of godliness. You see, confidence doesn't come in reigniting how we feel. Confidence comes in reigniting what we do. There, there's an old phrase, and it goes like this. If you act the way you wish you felt, you'll eventually feel the way you act. If you act the way you wish you felt, you'll eventually feel the way you act. You see, confidence comes not in how we feel, but in how we do. If you want reignited confidence in Jesus and, and His purposes and plans, for your life and do and do well. And now I want you to notice not only the commands to do that reignite our confidence, I also want you to notice their results that are important. Look with me, if you will, in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. If you want to be productive, if you want to be fruitful is the word in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, then, then what you need to do in order to reignite your confidence is to possess the quality. And notice what it results in. It results in you being effective. It results in you being fruitful. Look at the end of verse 10. If you do these things, if you do these things, if you do... Uh, these things in gathering up all of the godliness that you can possibly muster. If you do these things, you will never fall. You will never stumble. You see, when we live as we should, the result is a reignited confidence in God and His good plans for your life. You want a reignited confidence? Then do and, and do well. So you're this business person, you're the farmer, you're the investor. Instead of jettisoning Jesus, instead of cutting corners on the decisions that you think that you might want to make, how about stick with Jesus? Instead of being uh, asked to, to, to make different uh, decisions than you would otherwise make, stick with Jesus 
and perhaps find that, that eternity with Jesus is greater than any momentary fiscal downfall. Your confidence in Jesus and God and the good plans He has for you is growing. You're married. You're a mom. You're a grandma. And you're tired of the fight with your family. And you've decided that, that you represent not only those who, who are here, but you represent for your family what might be if they were to give themselves fully to Jesus you want them one day to understand heaven. And you keep doing the things that you're doing. You commit yourself to, to show up. You know it's hard, but it's going to be. And you've said, my confidence is in God and His good plans for me. And your confidence is in God. You're single. You know it can be difficult, per, perhaps even especially for the Christian but instead of, of carving into the cultural trends and walking away from Jesus, you're deciding today to be a good friend for some of the other single people around you who are making different decisions. You're coming today and saying, you know what, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to give Him my feelings of loneliness. I'm going to allow Him to carry me through the sadness. And your confidence in Him is growing. And you know that He is good and the good plans that He has for you and your confidence is reignited. You're the teenager here this morning. And you know that these years are tough. It always will be. It's not easy. But you realize that, that the decisions you make right now are important. And you've decided this morning you're going to stick with Jesus now, you're not exactly sure what that all means for the future, but you're going to try it out. You're willing to be there. And you're willing to keep yourself for Him. You're willing to keep yourself for God. And your confidence in Him is growing. Your confidence is reignited. And you're willing to say, I'll see where His goodness and His good plans for me takes me. Folks, if the tensions in your life ever become so great that you begin thinking, is this ever really worth it? Then what I want you to do is just take from this text this thing. That you can remember that all, you can remember all God has for you. That He's provided everything that you need to live a godly life. And that you you can play a part. You can play a role. You can reignite confidence when you function, when you live a godly life. Let's pray. Gracious God, I pray that Your Word has been heard. I pray that You'll work through me and work through these texts. And gracious God, I pray that you will make us tough enough. I pray you'll make us tough enough for whatever might come. I pray for each businessman and woman. I pray for each employee that would be tempted to walk away from Jesus because it seems like other people are advancing. I pray for the wives 
and the moms and the grandmas who have had a great spiritual journey and it seems like their family is not joining them. And I pray, Father, that they would not give up the fight. I pray for the singles in the room. That, Father, in the midst of their loneliness, you would show up and you would just ignite their confidence in who you are and the the great plans that you have for them if they live a godly life. God, I pray for the teenagers. I pray, Father, that in a world that would have them believe that if it feels good, they can do it, Father. I just pray that, that they would recognize in you that they can trust you. And, Father, that you would reignite their confidence in you and the plans that you have for them. I pray for all of us. Father, that we would recognize and remember consistently how good you are, that you provided everything that we need. And Father, the results of a godly life are incredible. Reignite our confidence today, Lord, in you and in the plans you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.